When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. What's up, everybody? Oh, boy. Hey, welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. And oh, we are in the thick of it. There have been some upsets galore, Gabe, to start the NCAA season. Yeah, you know, there's a little chill in the air. I'm wearing hoodies around the house. I got my <laughs> got fire going in the wood stove, and that means it's basketball season. And it's like, we're we're right into it. You know, I love that this year we had some good, high-quality matchups between ranked teams. Uh, we also had some quality matchups, but bad games as well, which you'd expect yeah. in the early going. But we had, some, yeah. we had a really good one. Texas against Stanford was amazing. Ooh, Indiana, yeah. Kentucky was also really good. We're going to talk about Arizona and Louisville as well. But I, I'm really just excited to be here. You know, we're really excited to start the season. And now that we're in it, you know, it kind of feels like we're, we're already in midseason form two weeks in, right? No, no doubt. And I think it's, you know, the hunger and the fans not being able to be in the arenas last year. Mm-hmm. I think there's just like a newfound passion by both the fans and the players and coaches and the bands and everything. All of that fantastic fervor is back in the building and it just has made such a big difference. I don't know if that's just me feeling, you know, the vibe of it all, yeah. but I think the players are are playing differently. I think they're playing with more uh, grit and mm-hmm. determination and intention. I don't know. Maybe that's just me looking at it that way, but I just think it looks different. Like the game looks different. It feels like everyone's been shot out of a cannon. And yes. last year, last year to start the year, it kind of felt like we were you know, dipping our toe into the water, you know, just seeing if it's a little chilly, see it. Cause it, cause right. That, you're right. The atmosphere yeah. of having fans and having that push from, from outside wasn't there. And I think, you know, yeah. every coach in America has brought up how nice it is to just have fans right from the start of the season. And you see yeah. it, you know, I went to go see George Washington, Virginia tech 
last week. And just, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it was a, a decent sized crowd. There's plenty of Hokies and plenty of George Washington folks there. But just you felt right. the energy a little bit more. It felt like a norm. It felt like a real um, basketball game. I would say last year to begin the year, at least it kind of just felt a little sterile. So, yeah, I mean, the atmosphere yeah. has been great. Um, you know, I've been really enjoying all of the big games. We talked about Reynolds Coliseum last week. And I would say the Stanford-Texas game, though, that's been the headliner mm-hmm. of the year with Stanford, the reigning champs, going down to Texas, a gritty, gritty team, a big, yeah. shaper, a big shaper stamp team for sure. This is 100% a team that he has had his stamp on. Um, and I was just, I loved, I loved, loved, loved watching them play. And I think that intensity that we were talking about with fans in the stands, yeah. Texas yeah. brought it. Texas is a team yeah. that has brought it the most. Um, but in that game, I mean, what do you see that was really impressive uh, from Texas's point of view, at least? Them winning, number yeah, one. Number but one. I thought the way they won down the stretch in that game, those three balls started falling for Texas, and they're on the road. Do you understand me? They're on the road at Stanford on the night that they present the banner to mm-hmm. the fans. <laughs> And they just came in and spoiled it. I mean, oh my gosh. Number one, to have the fortitude to do that. Forget about the tactical side of it and the X's and O's. And, and the three balls were nice. They get it. And that's what got them over the edge. And in, in my estimation, the, the dribble drive and the kickouts and, and the knockdown threes. Yeah. But when it's all said and done, you have to have the mental capacity and the toughness to go into Stanford on a night when they are rah-rahing their their mm-hmm. magnificent run last year to the national title and everyone is there to congratulate them and it's this big night and they came in and just pulled the tablecloth off the table and all the utensils and plates and salt and pepper shakers went flying away onto the floor and, you know i mean they say the best laid plans are are made for disruption and that's what they went in there and did i just thought it was very impressive and not only that, they went from being ranked number 25 to being ranked number 12. I mean, that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest jump. Somebody needs to, we need to investigate that analytically with her <laughs> stats. Is that the biggest jump that we've seen in one week by a team? Um, I, that's how impressive I think um, all the voters, including me, um, thought that uh, that they went in there and, and they showed improved. And yeah. I think that, you know, you gain respect when you do stuff like that. And I think Vic Schaefer, like you said, is his handprints, footprints, uh, verbiage, mentality all over that game, all over that game. And no slight to Stanford. And sometimes when you do have all of, you know, we're reminiscing about what happened mm-hmm. In the postseason last year, guess what? Texas was on that day, uh, you know, and, and it's hard to to switch that if you're Stanford. And I understand and I'm not slighting them and saying like, oh, yeah, you got snuck up on. You got, you know, surprised. No, sure. I just think it's hard to to change the channel, Gabe. Oh, yeah. When you're when you're being celebrated for the national championship from last season. And now guess what? You have two minutes to go through the layup line. And here you are with this huge challenge here at home with this hungry Texas team that advanced and knocked mm-hmm. off Maryland last year in the tournament in the sweet 16 round. And then they came in there and just they could not withstand the the pressure that that Texas applied on both sides of the ball down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of want to, you know, and, and I'm not saying Stanford doesn't have that. I think what you're saying is true. Exactly. It is hard. It is hard to move on from mm-hmm. when you have so much success. Your first game of the season is against this awesome team that is just so hungry to prove themselves. 
And it is, and I think it's really, really tough for Stanford. And they had a really tough task. And I think they actually performed pretty well, all things considered, outside of their coverage on the high pick and roll, which we can yeah. get into a little bit. But we have, we have to talk about the two guards for Texas. Rory yes. Harmon, Aliyah Matharu. Where, where's Aliyah Matharu from? Right here. DMV or? DMV DMV ballers. They play different. <laughs> and, man, she was so awesome. She, like, watching her fourth quarter – was just one of the funnest thing experiences I've had. Like rewatch, watching it live and then rewatching it was just so much fun because it was like she just it's so confident, so ready yes. to play. And they both Harmon and Matharu fed off that defense of energy. You know that full yeah. court pressure. If you're in shape, and this team is in shape, this Texas team is in shape. They're in right. shape. They're excited. And when you can do that, when you have those uh, qualities, those characteristics. And you can apply them on defense. They're going to come back to you on offense. And that's what happened to Matharu. Like she was not, she didn't, I don't think she hit a three uh, before the fourth quarter. Actually, Texas as a whole did not hit a three before the yeah. fourth quarter. And she hit four of them. She made four. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, she, and it was all started with, you know, she got a tip to start the fourth quarter. She got, she got a tip deflection out of bounds. She got a steal. Then it just kept rolling downhill. And oh. Harmon was awesome throughout the game. I cannot believe she's a freshman. I cannot believe yeah. she's a freshman because she came in there confident, pulling up mm-hmm. from everywhere, giving you everything you want defensively. Every single second she was on the court, yes. she owned the court and she's playing against players who have won a national championship, who are in their sixth year, who are at home. Thank I was you. extremely, extremely impressed by those two guards. And I want to mention one more player for Texas, mm-hmm. Aubrey Warren. Give yes. me her. Give me that player. I'll take her. Yeah. I don't even care if it's basketball. It doesn't. I just want her on my team. She's a gamer. She's a toughie. And she took my favorite charge I've seen in the past. Because I think we've talked about this. I hate, yeah. I hate the charges yeah. where someone just jumps in front of someone else and yeah. doesn't make a play on the ball. And they put their arms down like that to fall backwards. Hate that. Yeah. She didn't do that. Late in that game, I think there was like six minutes left. She steps she in there, hands mm-hmm. up, active hands, going for the ball. She takes the charge, slaps the ball away. It would have been steal anyways, and she got the call. And I, I just love her energy and <laughs> effort, and it was just emblematic of what Texas did. I was so, so impressed with this team this year. Yeah, and, and for as remarkable as those three balls falling, I mean, defensively, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. I mean, that, and I, I did say a couple of moments ago that it was the offensive prowess. And I did kind of say both sides, but I, we didn't talk enough about the defense. Mm-hmm. that Texas presented and how disruptive they were, especially right there, like you said, at the rim and disallowing any easy offense or reads or, you know, anything down inside for Stanford in that way. And I just thought that they took away all of the sweet spots mm-hmm. down the stretch that Stanford was trying to attack. And they went on the other side and just really exploited the, I, I don't want to say overhelp, but sometimes, I mean, you have to guard up the line and that's what Stanford is known mm-hmm. for. They're going to guard you up the line, but you also have to be ready and prepared for those threes to fall. And no, they weren't falling for three quarters, but yeah. then when they did, <laughs> you have to make the adjustment. And that's hard too, you know, in game when you've been playing a certain way and it's been successful, it's hard to say, well, now it's not successful. We need a plan B and C and D um, to, to get out here to contest these threes that are going up and in. So that, that was tough um, to kind of change midstream from what was working well defensively for Stanford. And then Texas got it going. And the adjustments 
although they were being made, they weren't swift enough um, in terms of the execution of them. Um, I'm sure they were being discussed, but the execution physically was not transpiring. And that's why there was there was a loss there for Stanford. Yeah. Well, and four, four of 27 from three, too. Like that's yeah. I mean, come on. 14 percent <laughs> from three. You're not going to win. Uh, eat, well, unless you're unless, unless you're not taking too many of them. Texas took right. seven. So Texas mm-hmm. took seven threes. Stanford took 27 and they made the same amount. Wow. You know, like that's that's wow. a big reason why Stanford lost. But a lot of the re, like we say missed threes are kind of we kind of throw those out as like, oh, well, we just missed our threes. The shots keep falling. We'll get it back. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Texas did a lot to rush those threes to put pressure yeah. on the pass so that the passes weren't in the shooter's pocket. And that just right. messes with your rhythm. I think, you know, it, it really just, you know, punched Stanford in the mouth that pressure, either the full court pressure or even the half court, there's so much pressure and physicality that I think that's what got them off their game too. So, you know, yeah. all the credit to Texas in this one, I'm super duper impressed. Do you think this team, you know, obviously they lost a lot last year. They lost Charlie Collier, mm-hmm. the number one pick in the draft. They, they lost um, Celeste Taylor who transferred to UNC, I believe. So right. this team has, has gone, has undergone change, but it looks like, the people that have been brought in may actually fit what Vic Schaefer's trying to do a little bit more. Do you, do you see this Texas team taking a next step this year? Absolutely. I just think that, you know, once you have your philosophy and culture established, mm-hmm. you're going to recruit the kids who fit the bill. And, you know, that's the, the beauty of college recruiting um, is to find those pieces that fit what you want to have executed. So I think Vic Schaefer has done that. I think they're, you know, like we were talking about, they're a hungry team and they proved it on the road. I mean, I don't know how many other teams could have gone in there to Stanford and do what they did. So with that being said, yes, I'm going to go ahead and and tip my cap to them. Uh, I don't wear caps a lot, but if I did, (laughs) I would. I would tip my cap to them just for the respect of of that just mountainous accomplishment. Uh, And I don't know what other team could do that. Gabe, like I'm going to go ahead and say they're ready to take that jump because of that confidence that's going to be um, grown from that. That's going to that's going to bud from that. Yeah. And they're, and they're pretty young and new, and I'm sure they will struggle at some point in the season. You know, when you hit, look, freshmen are great because they come in with a ton of energy and they don't know any better. And they will just do like Roy Harmon in Stanford. She doesn't yeah. know any better. She, no. she doesn't know to be scared. <laughs> she doesn't know to be scared in that moment. She doesn't know the pressure. Like she doesn't right. feel any of that because this is her first game throughout the season. You know, those moments will happen and Texas will have to adjust to it and get better. And they have a great coach to do it with and Vic Schaefer. But yeah, look, this, the big 12 is wide open. You know, yes. I, I, Baylor has not looked great. Obviously they have a ton of talent this year. They haven't looked that great. They're, they've been not struggling, but not putting away um, inferior opponents in the way you'd expect. So they're right. also in Baylor dealing with a new coach, a new system, a bunch of new players and losing a ton. So the big 12 is open. And I, I think Texas has a real chance of making a run that big 12. We'll see what happens. It's early. Yeah. Stanford though. Yeah. Do you have, do you have any long-term concerns for Stanford? I mean, Haley Jones put up a triple double uh, last night. So she it's did. like they, they responded. Well, they know what they're about. Um, I'm a little concerned about the point guard position, but do, are you concerned at all about their long-term health this year? No, and I think obviously for every team, I mean, health is going to be a major, major key. But I think for Stanford, I just think that, you know, that was a wake-up call. And it's better to have it happen early 
than late. That's mm-hmm. what I always like to say. If it's going to happen, don't let it happen in the postseason or something right. like that. Like, hey, get it out of the way, learn from it and plow forward. I, and I think that's what Stanford is going to do. I mean, they're not going to miss, you know, 23 threes you know, well, you uh, all season. I mean, we hope. <laughs> yeah, but I just don't. I just think that, you know, Tar Vanderveer, been there, done that, won it again. I mean, with almost like a 30 year gap mm-hmm. in, in between titles. I mean, she obviously understands what it takes. So it's just a matter, like I said earlier, just a matter of physically executing the game plan Mm -hmm. and, you know, shots are going to fall or they're not. And I get that. And that sounds so cliche, but I mean, if those shots fall, obviously it's a different game, right? It's not close because they got that many threes up, but they didn't get them in. So I just, I'm not overly concerned about Hmm. the, I don't know, the advancement through the season that, that Stanford's going to take. Not at all. Yeah. I'm not that concerned. I think they're going to, I think there'll be a top of the pack 12 again. Um, yeah, I, I would, if I had to bet on someone winning the Pac-12, I'd say Stanford still. Uh, I do want to see a little bit more from Anna Wilson, just as a point guard and a play creator. They lost Keanu Williams like they need her to be that yes. player. Um, yeah. And she showed she showed ability to do it. And I think it's just getting used to that role. Look, when roles change, I think we we kind of miss this. Um, when you come into each season, your role changes, yeah. even so slightly, even if you have the same group of people, your role is going to change just a little bit each year. And it takes some time to get used to. That's why if I'm a coach of a program, I don't play these games personally. (laughs) If I'm coach, because I don't want my first game to be at Stanford, even if I'm Texas, like it's a great win. But for Stanford, I don't want my first game to be against Texas because I need to install new systems. I have to get people used to their roles. I have to get people going and and used to, and it's a great test early on. And, you know, you can recover from these early losses, but just for me personally, I think it's, it's tough to adjust to your role in a game like this. And I think that's yeah. what happened to Anna Wilson. I, I think she'll she'll be fine. I think Haley Jones is going to be great all year. And give me Ashton Prechtel. She's a, she's a big time player. She makes some big time plays. She did, and you know, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, you know, you you have a, a stumble mm-hmm. out of the gates, and obviously now Vic Schaefer is happy that they went to Stanford <laughs> yeah, to play yeah. because they got he looks like win. a genius. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's what we wanted to do. But I think for for Stanford and Tara Vanderbilt, I, I just think that. You know, I think it's going to fuel them. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe they're even more dangerous because of that loss than oh, yeah. they would have been moving forward had they won. So, I mean, that's just who Tara Vanderveer is. And I know that's how she is. She is painting that picture for the team in that way. Like, mm-hmm. OK, we know that that can't be who we are as a team night in and night out. We're going to get, you know, kicked in the back of the neck more times than we're mm-hmm. not. So let's get it together. So I think it's a rallying cry for them more so than it is a, a major concern. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think it's, it's something that's going to be, um, it's going to be fixable. Um, and I was wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. Neither of these, both these teams did play one warm up game. So okay. I was, I didn't, I didn't mean to say it was the <laughs> opening game. However, I would rather have like four or five, like Virginia Tech schedule. I'm writing a story about them. That's why I'm talking about Virginia Tech so much, but they have like eight games, you know, until they play anybody. And I love that. You know, as a coach, I love that. It's like, Hey, we got eight wins. We're feeling good about ourselves. Um, Going forward though. I mean, it does not get that much easier for, for Stanford, at least. No, they go at Gonzaga. They have, I forget. I always forget. I think this is the Baja Mar tournament. Debbie oh, yes. tournament that they're in with Indiana, yes. South Florida, Maryland, three really good teams. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're playing uh, in a neutral site. Oh, and then they have to go at Tennessee, at South Carolina. And that's all before 
New Year's. So wow, wow. They they're they're taking the test. I appreciate Maryland. I appreciate Stanford. I appreciate all these schools that are playing these really tough schedules to open the gate. Uh, yeah. Happy about it. But it's uh it, it's gonna be a test for Stanford and we'll see uh we'll see how well they respond. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll respond well for Texas. Yeah. Texas, uh I just thought sorry, I, I got really confused. I thought Texas AM was a conference game and they're playing now on oh. December on December 5th, and it's not a conference game anymore. But it will be when they go to the SEC. Yeah, soon. Regardless, <laughs> at Tennessee, at Texas AM are really there. Only big tests before the new year comes. So Texas looking yeah. looking good. They're they're gonna move up the rankings here. Yeah, I think so. And you just mentioned Tennessee, and I just have to give a, a little small, tiny little shout yeah, out to my homegirl Candace Parker yeah. for getting and yet another parade um, in Knoxville. And when she went by Pat Summit's statue and memorial there in Knoxville. Man, if you don't, I was telling our, our team at South Lakes the other day, I'm like, these kids are so young. They don't know mm-hmm. the the history and the foundation of the women's game. And I, you know, a couple of hands went up. I said, Pat Summit, how many of y'all know? You know, and only a couple of hands. I said, that's your homework on top of your other stuff. You need to know who Pat Summit is. And, you know, the little hairs didn't stand up on the back of your neck when you saw that picture or the video of, of Candace Parker being paraded through Knoxville in um celebratory fashion after winning a WNBA championship with the Chicago sky. You know, that's her second one, won the other one in LA in, in 2016, but it's all woven in together. And I think there's a, there's a, um, a post on the WNBA's Instagram mm-hmm. today. And I think it's a women, woman crush Wednesday yeah. thing, but they had all of the uh, WNBA stars as collegiate players. Right. And I just thought that was really cool to look at and, just to connect the two, I think mm-hmm. is so vitally important. And just, you know, it's not like they're okay, they're finished with college and then we just don't see them anymore. No, you can continue to cheer them on. So I think they're bridging the gap um, in terms of, hey, you cheered for Diane Taurasi, yeah. you know, as as a collegiate player and Brittany Griner and everybody else and Candace Parker. And, and now look at them, you know, mm-hmm. and what they're doing now. And I just think it's just so magnificent to shine a light on that. And, you know, just to to see Candace and I always gush over her and, and her ability to do so many things so yeah. well at a champion level. And um, I don't know. I just wanted to add that when you said Tennessee, it kind of uh, it turned me a hard left there. I just wanted to to pour that into our our show today. I, I got to make a TikTok now about Pat Summit so the <laughs> children learn something. I'm going ch- to I'm going to educate these kids on basketball. If it's the last thing I do through Thank TikTok you. somehow. But I mean, I, I mean, Pat, you know, I think everyone should learn about Pat. I have a book. If you want to assign a book to everyone, I have a really good book by oh, Pat Summit that everyone should read. Um, yes. But yeah, that's it, it is. It is lovely to see those connections um, being made yes. between the past and the present. And, and like you're saying, if you're rooting, if you're watching college basketball, you should be watching the WNBA. I, I think we're getting there. It is. We're, get, there we're it getting is. there as, as fans. And look, as someone who covers both the sports and understands that one finishes when the other one starts and my life just continues <laughs> to be all basketball all the time. Um, and I'm, I love it, but That's I understand, that, I understand that this is a lot for uh, a casual fan, but speaking, speaking of uh, college stars, or, you know, connecting the past and the present, can yeah. we talk about Paige Beckers? Can we talk about yes, Paige please. Beckers? Sure. sure. 34 <laughs> points, six rebounds, four assists versus Arkansas. And I hate to be cliche and basic, but there's so much Diana Taurasi there with Beckers. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I loved watching. I didn't get to watch the entire game. 
Um, yeah. Again, we talked about the services I don't have, but I got to watch the highlights. And it's just like the length, the, the unexpected length, the, yeah. the being able to switch, being able to pull up. She's just incredible. And I think all the hype that she's gotten, it, it's there for a reason, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know what she's going to do and she still does it to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the craziest part. It's like, you know, we were talking about the the best laid plan earlier and mm-hmm. how do you want to disrupt that? Right. And pull the tablecloth. That's Paige. And I think that's just the way she plays the game. I mean, she comes in there like a wrecking ball and, mm-hmm. and I mean that with all the greatest intent. I mean, she, and that doesn't mean she's out of control. That just means no. that She's going to blow up any kind of defensive scheme you have set for her and drop 34 anyway, in spite of it. And that's what I mean. Like she's wrecking the other team's schemes and and plans to to get the ball out of her hand. Not happening. They're finding a way to continue uh, to keep the ball in her hand. And not only she had the 34 points, but how many assists? Seven? Uh, Six, I believe. No, four assists, six rebounds, which is an insane insane line. She also had like two blocks. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I mean, she's six, six foot, six, one Her arms are as long as they is. And I mean, she is just a, a phenomenal player in terms of making the proper reads. Yeah. And whether that be for her own offensive production or for the team, um, you know, I, I think it's just it's understated. And I, I know that her name is at the, the top of the list when it comes to, hey, college women's basketball page backers. Mm-hmm. And, and it should be. Um, at this point. And, you know, until someone can contain her. And uh, I think that's where you start with a team like mm-hmm. Connecticut that has so many players who can score on you, but they are also a dynamic defensive team as well. So don't sleep on their defensive prowess. And they didn't have any seniors last year. Yeah. Let's not forget that. Um, and they're all coming back and and they're all super young. I mean, my God, uh, this yeah. freshman class of AZ Fudd. And ooh, it's, ooh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a dynamic team and uh, in every way possible, but not just on paper, yeah. you know, some, some look good on paper. doesn't really translate into great chemistry and, and wherewithal when you talk about, you know, t- jump ball. But I mean, this UConn team is for real. I mean, yeah. South Carolina still sits at the number one spot. Um, but UConn is right there, um, banging down the door, and that chain lock is loose. That's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> mm, they play right. We get that game again. We better. Do we not get South Carolina UConn in the regular season? Yes, we do. I thought we do get that. January yeah. 27th. Ooh. Ooh. Whoop. There it is. Whoop. There it is. I got my see popcorn that. from the store. Leave awesome. it in the in the pantry till that day. Why? Because I'm gonna pop that. <laughs> I need that one. That one's really good. I mean. <laughs> And I love, I, you know, you're right. You're right. This team is, it's a lot more than Paige. And I really love what she, she actually had a post game interview where she said, with Marina Marino, uh, friend of, friend of her hoop stats, uh, yeah. where she said, you know, I don't want to score, like, hopefully in the next game, I don't have to score this much. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because she, she does understand how to share the ball, how to play as yeah. a team and how to get her teammates involved and how important that is for yeah. this group. Uh, I don't think she's going to have a problem because, like you're saying, she is surrounded by, some of the best players in the country. I mean, you know, you have, I mean, Westbrook, Christian, Kristen Williams, AZ Fudd, obviously having just the start of her career, uh, Olivia yeah. Nelson, Adota, and Dorka Yuhas, really nice addition, really, really nice addition to this team. Yeah. I was surprised that Dorka Yuhas left Ohio state. I mean, she mm-hmm. was their leading scorer there and leading everything. I mean, right. blocks, rebounds. Um, but I mean, at six, four, to be able to stretch the floor the way that she does. Um, I mean, that's just obviously an added asset for UConn, but 
I was surprised. You know, usually you see players who aren't getting the playing time or aren't playing the position that they would prefer, and they go ahead and, and jump into the um, to the TP or the mm-hmm. transfer portal. However, you want to, <laughs> you get what yeah. I meant when I said TP. But anyway, um, but I just think that you know, for her, for her to go, I mean, you have to do what's best for you, but I think it's also best for UConn to have her on the floor. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's a phenomenal player when it comes to, like I said, stretching the floor and, and giving you some, some length on the perimeter. You can go to a massively big lineup with her playing the three. Yeah. And she's a great screen setter too. Uh, the, I, the, I noticed that a lot. She like, she loosened up Paige for mm-hmm. a few of those baskets. Um, so yeah, just a super deep team. I mean, they're UConn, well, you know, you know what UConn's about. Um, yeah. they're looking like UConn again this year. So be ready. I think it's just, we all kind of knew, um, that this, that this could happen, but just coming right out of the gate with a 34 point performance from Paige Beckers is yeah. unbelievable. And they beat Arkansas is a new team. Y'all know how much I love the pigs. You but do love Arkansas. <laughs> I love Arkansas. It's a it's a new team this year. They're they're getting they're they're gonna have some growing pains this year. Um, but you know, yeah. Mike Neighbors is a good coach by SEC play. Hopefully, they can figure out the rotations, figure out who's you know the alphas. They they lost so much last year that it is gonna be a little difficult for them early going. But I think by SEC play, they they should have some some cooking there. Uh, speaking yeah. of speaking of a team though, that's something mm-hmm. cooking. Indiana, Lord, Come on. Lord, they look good. They look. Come on. It, it was kind of a close game against Kentucky, but it, they were in control. The, yeah. Indiana was in control of that game throughout, uh, and Mackenzie Holmes, dominant, absolutely dominant. She had 29 points, 29 points. They had four players in double figures, and, mm-hmm. one, and one of them had 29 points. I don't know how often that happens uh, in, this, in this sport, and especially in the Big Ten. You know, you're expecting yeah. a little bit slower pace. Indiana – all over the floor. I was so, so impressed with this team. I mean, you, you've been watching them for a lot of years. Is this surprising at you? Surprising? No, no. I mean, look at them all. I mean, familiar faces. It's like they're looking in the mirror at the team they were last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, all five stars return Allie Patberg in her eighth collegiate season, 25 years old. I mean, the rules are what they are. She's permitted to do this. This isn't you know like what? some right. Like, Good for deal. Allie. I would That's love right. to be in college at 25 years old. Good for Allie. Are Stay in college, kids. If you're a college kid, don't ever leave. Don't <laughs> ever right. leave. I would still be in there if they let me. Listen, <laughs> that was fun stuff. Are you kidding? And another chance to, to take a step further. Mm-hmm. They went to their first Elite Eight last year. No, I'm not surprised that they came back and, and took it to Kentucky the way that they did. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, for as much balance as they had on the offensive side with four players in double figure scoring and Mackenzie Holmes going completely off. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that their defense, you know, was stellar. And yeah. they're one of the top teams in the country in terms of defensive efficiency. They were last year as well. But I think, you know, if they could be consistent and get those four players in double figures every single game, mm-hmm. you know what they're going to bring on the defensive end. That's never going to be in question. But can they be consistent on the offensive side? I mean, they're fourth in the AP poll this week. Um, and, you know, they moved up from six because of all the shuffling with the losses to with Louisville and Stanford and everything. They shuffled around and they ended up right behind number three, Maryland. And I just think that they're incredibly impressive. Um, the experience there, Grace Berger has a new level of confidence after mm-hmm. the USA basketball experience too. Um, but I just think that, um, you know, I'm playing for Dawn Staley. I think, and, yeah. you know, we'll do that to you. Um, she's, she's an empowerer as you saw her sending clips of her, um, championship net from 2017 around to, 
to all of the uh, women of color who are, are coaching right now. But I just think that, you know, she, she kind of bought into what Don Staley told her too. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like Terry Moran. Yes, she has really just done a, a fantastic job of getting Grace Berger to play at this high, high level. But now the expectations were were raised when you also hear it's almost like your parent tells you like certain yes. things and then you hear somebody else tell you the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, oh, that makes too much sense. I'm doing it. it um, clicks. I just it think clicks. <laughs> it's a different deal when it shouldn't be. But it is. Um, but I think that's the same thing. I don't think that Don Staley told Grace Berger anything any different than Terry Moran did, but the fact that maybe there was confirmation there in what was being heard from Don Staley, I think it's, you've seen that translate to the court for Grace Berger. And I mean, she is just a Swiss army knife when it comes to everything that she does for Indiana. Yeah. And see, and seeing other players just as, you know, at your level, um, mm-hmm. not, not that you don't have that on your own team, but just seeing what other players at your position doing yeah. the same similar things that you are doing at a different program, seeing how they operate Obviously, yeah. will help her. So I agree. I mean, Grace Berger was incredible in this game. 19 points. I love Allie Patberg. I'm actually going to buy her yes. shirt today. I have it in my shopping cart from homefieldapparel.com. Not a sponsor of this podcast, but if they want to sponsor, feel free. But I mean, yeah. Let's go. Nicole Cardano-Hillary has been yeah. such an amazing addition to this program. She just completes that little group there uh, of their top four players. Uh, and honestly, I don't know that there's a lot of four person lineups in college basketball mm-hmm. on this level. You know, I think you look at yeah. some of the top teams that, you know, you look at the Yukons, you look at the Stanford's, you look at, you know, maybe Baylor. I don't know. Like there's not a lot of teams that have four players as good and as well-fitting as Indiana does. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I think they're a, a threat in the big 10. I mean, you're, you're, you're yeah. Miss big 10. Where would you put the, <laughs> where'd you have them in your uh, preseason uh Pull. I had them right behind Maryland. Okay. I mean, and that was hard because both teams return all five starters Mm -hmm. and Indiana did. Did I have them first? I may have had them first. I have to go back and look. I think I may have put Indiana first because they went further in the postseason last year. I think we talked about this. We did. And I did put them first. Oh, you know, I can't can't look up your votes. I can only look up your votes for the AP. Ah, I'm going to do that. I haven't, I forgot to do that. So you can, sorry, continue about. uh, Darn, you can't look it up. Okay. No, I know. Honestly, (laughs) I, I, I believe that I had Indiana first because it was like almost a month ago. So I, if I don't have it in front of me written or on my computer, which I do not have in front of me. um, Yeah. I would be able to uh, look and, and double check, but I think I did put Indiana first because they advanced the furthest with the same group. Right. Um, a lot of teams return the same players, um, you know, obviously Maryland, mm-hmm. Indiana, Iowa has a lot of the same faces. And then you're looking at a team like Michigan. They graduated two of their starters, but I mean, they have the player of the year in Nas Hillman. So it's like there's a lot I mean, you pick your poison. I mean, you pick your poison with with what team? I mean, right now, I think it's six teams that are um, ranked or receiving votes in the top 25. And three of them are in the top 10. I believe Michigan was number 10. Iowa's in there. Is it four teams in the top 10? Iowa's in the top 10. You, you have four teams in the top 10. I'm looking to make sure. Oh, see, there you go. Well, that's all that matters that we don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) So you, uh, Maryland, Indiana, (laughs) Iowa, and then Michigan is 13. You have them at 10th. Um, Okay. I mean, but yeah, so I mean, mean, still great. Four teams in the top 13 is an amazing conference. Uh, It's probably Probably, probably the best conference in college basketball um, with just those names that you mentioned. But I, I think Indiana really has a shot at winning it. And I think they're going to go yeah. 
they're, they're going to make some noise again this year after, after what they did last year. Yeah. I don't like how you said probably. The best <laughs> I think. And you said I'm this big time. So there's that. I mean, take it for what it's worth. But I mean, the proof is in the pudding. And right now, the Big Ten is showing and proving who they are. I mean, out of the gates, I think Minnesota was the only team uh, to take a loss on the on the first weekend mm-hmm. of competition. And, you know, it's not just me saying this, obviously. You just said it. I mean, 14 to the top 13. <laughs> I said probably. And you take me, if you, I, I, I got you, I know. But if you if you take my votes out of the mix, there are still plenty of people out there who believe the same thing. So don't really? come hollering at me on Twitter like, oh, my God, Christy said blah, blah. No, listen, take me off. Take me off the AP vote and then look and see what it still looks like. So I'm just saying what everyone else is saying and, and just kind of concurring um, mm-hmm. with it. Uh, so that is what it is. I, I just think that this is probably, I mean, I don't say probably, this is probably, um, the most balance. And I think when we were at the media day for big 10, I think it was nine of the 10 players who were, um, all conference players are returning this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any other conference can say that. I mean, and with the transfer portal being in, in full effect too, nine of the 10 players. Yeah are back. So, I mean, we're, we're talking like depth and integrity, loyalty, all of those things. And I just think that it's, um, it's going to be really exciting once, once the big 10 conference begins, because it's going to be sad for teams to lose, but I mean, only one can win. Right. But those games are going to be so good. We're talking about that, that UConn South Carolina game. I think every night in the big 10 is going to be that exciting. For sure. For sure. And then I implore the big 10, Stop putting these games on Big Ten Plus. Like, I, I need to watch it on normal oh, yeah. Big Ten Network. I know what you got going on in normal Big Ten Network because I got it. And you have time for more women's basketball. I promise you. If someone needs help scheduling, you can call me. We can schedule. <laughs> but I just need just I need to watch more of these games because I, I think this conference is going to be unbelievable. Uh, I did want to yeah. say one thing about Kentucky, though. I just, you know, I, I obviously they lost. Um, right. I don't think they looked bad. I, I came away more impressed with mm-hmm. – um, with Indiana that right. I, I came away, you know, disappointed in Kentucky. Uh, I do think, you know, Ryan Howard has been here for a few time for a few years now. Like we know that it's last year kind of felt like she was a one person show at times. Um, uh-huh. And I think this year they brought in some help. I think Jada Walker, the freshman, she had 16 points in this game. She looked really, really mm-hmm. confident a little bit yeah, more like Roy great. Harmon, like we were talking about. She, she's yeah. really confident. She was ready to play. Um, I think just adding that one more piece, they have good players on this team, but just adding one more piece that can get hot at the same time is going to help them a lot when they get to SEC play. So I am expecting a lot from Kentucky um, just because of how good Ryan Howard is for me, number one pick in the draft for now. uh, It's just, it's effortless. You know, she, she scored 23 points. I feel like my takeaway from the game was like, where was Ryan Howard? And and I think when you have a player like that, who could just so subtly take over a game in the scoring department, you have a really special player. I do want to see her get a little bit more uh, incandescent. I think that's probably too big of a word. Like hot, just hot at, at the oh, right time. Oh, there you go. That's better. Hot. Yeah. Good. Okay. I call it incandescent because incandescent <laughs> is like, you know, all right. Do you ever, have you ever seen like the Fantastic Four? You know, the Fantastic Yes. Four. So the, the human torch, like when he gets. Oh, his, yeah. His flame is considered incandescent. So lit. Such a bright, that's what they, hot, 
it's a bright hot fire. Um, yeah, lit up, lit. That's what the that's what the kiddos say. The teenagers. Dude, stuff I'm not sure now. the kiddos say that anymore. I've been doing some market. <laughs> oh, research. is that old? Oh, that's past. Okay, well, shoot. Well, I, I don't know. Back I'm in 20. 2019. They said it. Yeah, I'm 20. <laughs> I'm 28, so like I can't speak for them, but oh, I'm pretty okay. sure. I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm old now I'm to them. <laughs> I'm old to them. I'm sure Bree's like, oh, that's a that's an adult man when she sees me I around. Know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, 28 for teenagers seems like, yeah, there's a difference. But anyway, it's all good. I, you know, incandescent. I will have to, uh, I will have to get that in my vernacular I'm, moving I'm, forward. I'm full of SAT words and I like it. And some other knowledge is, but yeah, Brian Howard, I think she, she played well. I think Kentucky's going to be okay. I think I have a little bit more expectations for them. Um, right. now after this game, actually, I think they're going to do a little bit better in the SEC than did last year. So, See where it goes for Kentucky. I think Indiana is, is heading up. But, it, I mean, I think that's uh, that's all I got on this game. You want anything? Yeah, no, I just think it'll be uh, interesting to see, like I said, just the balance of Indiana moving mm-hmm. forward on both sides. I, I think that's going to be their challenge. Um, but I also think that's their strength. So mm-hmm. we'll see what it looks like. All right, let's move over. My last thing of the day. Well, I have a couple more things, actually. I'm lying. Uh, I do want to talk about that Arizona-Louisville game. It was a tough hang folks stressful <laughs> stressful it was stressful but it was also like all right they scored not they scored louisville scored nine points in the first quarter arizona scored eight uh yeah it, it was not like a fun offensive <laughs> basketball game if you're into that i'm sure debbie antonelli was i don't i don't think she was calling this one lord i hope she was not calling this one no um, yeah she likes the offense so yeah that's and she she was super <laughs> pumped up about the indiana game actually i think she may have been calling this one um, tough hang though. Twenty eight percent from the yeah. field for Louisville, thirty six percent from Arizona, and they end up uh, getting the win. Big upset win for them. I like both these teams, but this is my problem with the early season matchups. Like, do you think we can take much from this game, or are we just going to kind of chalk it up to, well, you know, it seemed like everyone was kind of just slow out of the gate. No, I think um, Arizona can take the same thing Texas took okay. from the game. Um, at Stanford, I think they can take confidence. They can take, look what we can do when we come together mm-hmm. in a game that's, you know, a rock fight over the fence, duck down, yeah. watch out for the rock, <laughs> get up, throw another rock, at, you know, in the first quarter <laughs> um, and come out on top of that one. And I just think Adia Barnes Copa, I mean, she uh, just signed a, a, mm-hmm. an extension to her contract, which is exciting. But I just think that that it's a, it's a confidence builder, right? Especially, I mean, they don't have Ari McDonald, you know, to, to have in the, in the mix with the team and they're looking for their identity. There's your identity right there. Mm -hmm. The grit and determination that it took to beat Louisville the way that they did. Um, I know I had them, you know, we're talking about the AP boats earlier. They were at the, at the bottom, like 24, Mm -hmm. 25, because they, they missed so much. Right. But then now they've proven themselves and they were down there with Texas. Like, okay, we'll, we'll keep you in there. Let's see what you're going to do. And both of them, two uppercuts, boom, boom. Listen, I'm going to give them the same credence, the same level of respect um, as we did with Texas earlier in our conversation. I just think that they are um, playing with, um, the philosophy and the, the, um, the culture, sure. the expectations that Adia Barnes Copa has set, you know, and I think that, that that's going to help them moving forward. Yep. Right. Because they have every excuse in the book 
the same as Charlie Collier's not here, Mary McDonald's mm-hmm. not here. And they could just like say, oh, we're just going to do our best and just go out here and do whatever we need, um, you know, to do to compete. And if we win, that's great. But if we don't, it's OK. No, they're just like, no, we're going in there and we're winning. And I think you have to really give credit to that mentality. And I'll always respect that. Yeah. I don't care what team it is. I'll always respect that that level of intent and competitiveness and fight. And, and that's what it takes to win, clearly. And we've seen that both with Texas and Arizona, um, you know, proving themselves to be more than just one player. Yeah. No, and I think for Arizona, I mean, I'm I so I'm not quite as like up on, you know, I'm not as high on this win as I am in Texas win just because it was so gross. Um, you know, like, you know, hey, I love defense, y'all. I really do. But I need some I need some baskets. I'm a simple man. I don't ask for too much, but I need you to hit some. Baskets. Uh, and they, they, they did down the stretch. By the fourth quarter, the game was a good was a good watch, I would say. Um, but I just I'm more I'm a little worried about Arizona just because I'm not sure where they're going to get scoring. If teams start, you know, really selling out to stop Kate Reese, Kate Reese, WNBA draft prospect, who I think yes. you know has a really bright future ahead of her because she, sure. she can hit that three. She needs to work on defense a little bit, but I, I like I like where she at. She's at as a player. However, down the roster, there's just not as much scoring talent. I'm just a little yeah. worried, but like you mentioned, they're they're completely bought in. Uh, Adia Barnes Copa has set that culture. Has yes. they understand who they are? They have set the culture, and they understand what the expectations are. And I think if you have those three things, you're you're not going to be a bad team. Certainly, you're not going to be a right. team where we're sitting around. Well, with the you know Arizona, such a disappointment. It's like no, like this just might have to be a rebooting year. I don't like using yes. the word rebuilding. Rebooting the systems Reboot. to make sure everything's in line. Um, but we'll see. I mean, look, hey, getting a top whatever. Uh, I don't remember what Louisville is ranked six. So getting a top were, 10 win. We're six. Yeah. yeah. Getting yeah. a top 10 win over a really good team after losing your star player and a person who, who wasn't, it wasn't just a star player. It was a person who did everything for your team. Everything. Yeah. And, and having to replace that and move forward, I think they did a really good job. And in fairness to Louisville, they have a similar setup losing Dana Evans, a player who did almost everything for, for them offensively. And they came back and they figured out stuff at the end of that game, getting Haley Van Lith going to, yeah. um, you know, kind of kind of get her wheels going on offense. And she was able to score some really, really nice baskets. Very impressed by her and the defensive effort on both sides, for sure. But I, I think right. I'm more cautious about both these teams in a way. Like, I think for Stanford, Texas, I was like, I'm a little I'm optimistic about both these teams afterwards. Right. I'd say for this, I'm just a little bit less optimistic just because I need to see, I need to see a little bit more offensive know-how, and so I think these teams right. are going to take a little time to to get booted up for the season. No, I agree with that, but you know, I, I think that when you have, like I said earlier about Stanford too, you know, when you have these early losses, mm-hmm. um, I think that kind of rings the alarm to, hey, we've got to mm-hmm. really follow the game plan and execute it. Um, it's one thing to shake your head and say, yes, this is what we're planning to do. But it's another thing to go out there and apply it mm-hmm. and execute it and not just execute it one time. Be consistent with it. And possession after possession, that's how you win games. And the breakdown comes. And sometimes and you can take this how, how you want it to. But I, I read a lot of quotes. And one of them is, you know, you can sometimes you can you can lose games more than you're going out to win them. Yeah. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if that's the verbatim That's a good point. The quote, but it was something like that. It was, it was the, um, the viewpoint that you can go out there and make so many mistakes mm-hmm. that 
it causes you to lose the game rather than making the great plays to win the game. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that if you, I don't know if I'm making sense there, but I know that the quote is really good. If I'm going to find <laughs> it because it's not, I want it to be verbatim, but it's, it's there, almost you're like, playing to you're, you're, yeah. Like you make, there's losing plays and there's winning plays. And I think both mm-hmm. these teams kind of, I don't want to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean. I hear you. They both made losing plays at a lot of points in this game. I think you're right. I think you're right. But it's just, you know, six and one half dozen the other and whoever has the most points at the end. And that's what it was. I mean, it's a one possession game. Let's not, you know, call it what it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a one possession game and the team that made the fewest errors won it. How about mm-hmm. that? Because it wasn't about the beauty of the execution on the offensive side by any stretch. Of Certainly the nine not. To first quarter, nine to eight first quarter. Let's, come on. Um but I think, you know, when it comes down to winning time and, you know, when you need a stop, when you need a bucket, I think that, you know, Arizona did what they had to do. So I'll take it. I'll take an ugly win. I'll yeah. take an ugly win rather than an ugly loss <laughs> or even an <laughs> ugly win, even an ugly win. I, I get I get upset with, you know, if it's like a bad, you know, we didn't execute, yeah. but we still won by 12 or, or mm-hmm. something like that. But we did not play up to our capabilities like that's. I don't, all wins are good, but sometimes, you know, your, your team is on and they're just on the right track and, and page and they win the game. And, and it's because they, they did it the right way. And then sometimes you win and it's hard to, to teach kids and, and players, Hey, we won. So mm-hmm. why, why, why are you so upset? It's like, well, that that's not us. Like we yeah. won. We scored more points, but we didn't maximize our, our capabilities uh, across the board. So that's frustrating yeah. because you can't, it's hard to quantify what that really means because for me and, and for you and other like super competitive people, yeah. there's always something to learn. I don't care if we won that game. We did not play our best basketball. And then there are those great games where like we fought mm-hmm. tooth and nail to the last drop and we won that game. And it's because we stayed true to our identity but when you veer from that, it's hard to teach. It's hard to teach, you know? No, it's sometimes you don't lose a game rather than winning it. Sometimes you don't lose right. a game rather than winning it. And, you know, I, I, That's true. as a Miami Hurricanes fan for football, <laughs> uh, we do that a lot in football. Uh-oh. So uh, that is something that we, all, of, all of the Canes wins this year have been like, oh, we just didn't lose that game. So I agree with you. Like there was... But I think yeah, there's good things here. Like I mentioned, like I, you know, you got you got to applaud the defensive effort on both sides. And I think Arizona really understands who they are, and that's the end of the floor. And they'll figure out who they are on the offensive end of the floor. Right. I mean, again, the game got better in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, I, I do want to stress Haley Van Lith is going to be a special special basketball player. She she's, is. She's going to be really good. I'm not sure she to like Louisville needs her to be a superstar for them mm-hmm. to compete at the national level, in my opinion. Um, so if she's that this year, that that'll be something to keep track of. I do think, you know, as a sophomore, she's going to have to keep growing. I don't think she's quite at the, at the Becker's level. Um, but uh, she's got, she's got the goods there. She hit some really, really toughies, some really, Mm -hmm. really tough shots in, uh, in that, in that game. Yeah. And, and does Louisville play UConn this year? I will tell you now. Yeah. Let me know that because I there's, if that is the case that, that would be a great game because of a of lot course. of different reasons. Do they not? Yeah, they do. Uh, on December 19th, so in just about a month. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm going to be tuned in for that one, too, because, yeah, there there are some storylines in that one that uh, that we need to tap into oh, during yeah. that week uh, of our podcast, and I'll save it for then. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> what a great teaser that was. How does you, um, did, UConn plays like every team 
I don't understand how UConn and Maryland are ever on schedule this year. Yeah. Hey, Baylor comes into Maryland on Sunday. Ooh, that's yeah. going to be a, a strong test to top 10 teams. Yeah, actually, you know what? Let's look ahead to the schedule. Uh, do you have anything more on Arizona and Louisville? Uh, no, I, I'm good. Okay, we're running We're running low on time. I actually timed this okay. today. Um, so oh, we're, we're running okay. slightly behind. I did just want to give two shout-outs to Aoka Lee of Kansas State. Have you been Have you been keeping up with our lines of the night? She's yes. on there every night. Uh, it's like she, this. I have a three. I have a circle around my eyeball. She, she has put up. She has put up forty-three points, nine rebounds, and three assists in the first game of the year. Thirty-three, thirteen, and three steals in the third game of the year. Thirty-one points, thirteen rebounds, seven blocks in the fourth game of the year. The second game of the year, UT Martin held her to 10 points. And I don't have a tape of that game, but congrats to UT Martin for doing that because that is <laughs> damn impressive. She's averaging all right, so she's averaging 29 points, 11 rebounds, 3.5 blocks, and 2.5 steals a game would be the first player in our tracking in the time that her hoop stats is tracking yeah. stats to ever put up that line. Obviously I don't oh think that's going to continue long-term. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is her player efficiency rating is 83.9. Oh my God. That's my, I'm blowing my mind right now with my hands. <laughs> what? I've never seen that at any point in bat. Like I've, you know, I look at the stats early season a lot because I, I like doing this stuff. I've never seen an 83.9 PER ever. That's insane. That's insane. I think even on the pro level, who has done that? Like what? No one. 83.9. That's, that's insane. Well, and she, she put, so like she put up the 43 points in 22 minutes. Right. Uh, Oh my God. And yes, she is tall. She was taller than everyone in that game, but you, you know, people, you can be taller than everyone and still not be that good. So that's really, really impressive. No, that's video game. That's video game numbers right there. That's insane. <laughs> no, it's insane. insane. All right, let's uh, let's look it. ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss you some games, and you let me know if you're if you're interested in them. I think the first big ones on Sunday. I'm just going through the ESPN. Oh, okay. actually, we have we do have uh, Aoka Lee going with her Kansas State Wildcats to NC State for the preseason uh, WNIT and Reynolds Coliseum. So that's on Friday. At seven. Okay. I'm watching that's that. That one's that one's good. Then we got Minnesota going to UConn. I don't know. I hope Minnesota plays better than they have this year so far. Uh in that one, in the oh, that's a battle for Atlantis. That one's on Saturday. Okay. And the, and then the biggies. The biggies are on Sunday. Man, we yeah. gotta stop scheduling these games right on top of each other. We got at <laughs> 1 p.m. number six Baylor going to number three Maryland. And then at 1 p.m., we got number 12 Texas going to number 16 Tennessee. Both of those games on at the same time. And you'll oh. only be watching one of them, huh? I will. I, I'll be calling that game in College Park, Baylor and Maryland. And it's alumni day. So it's gonna be a lot of former Terps in the house, apparently. So that's going to be a, a great test for both teams. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Ashley Wusu uh, against for Maryland against JMU kind of rolled her left ankle. Mm-hmm. She um, did that in the first half. She didn't return that game, but it was like a, a massive blowout in that contest. But I did see her walk off the court after that game and she was good. And okay. then apparently practiced the very next day. She didn't miss practice and then played in their next game against Mount St. Mary. So she should be good to go. Uh, for the Terps and, and Baylor, as we were talking about miss, missing a lot of players. But, you know, when you have Smith on the floor, I mean, you can't go wrong. And Nikki She's Collin, awesome. her first year there. So it'll be fun to watch. And Alyssa Smith, another WNBA draft prospect. If you're if you're one of our WNBA heads, 
that's a player you should be watching. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm hyped up for that matchup. I think I'm going to go, I, I have forgotten to request my credentials. So if I may be in the stands with all of you, if you go to college oh. park on Sunday, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm excited yeah. for that Texas. You better say hi. Oh yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I'm excited to see that Texas Tennessee game too. I, I don't know that much about Tennessee this year. I'm excited to see where they're at as a program. You know, I think uh I think they're going in the right direction, um, but this is going to be mm-hmm. their first big test back in Knoxville. And then on Sunday, Sundays are always our big day, which is great because yes. I don't watch I don't watch the NFL. Um, we got Stanford going to Gonzaga, sneaky. That's a sneaky game, Just a little a little sneaky game, a little, little trap game there. Uh, and then we have Auburn going to Georgia Tech. Oh boy! At four p.m. on the ACC Network, I'll be watching that. Well, that'll too. be a good one. Yeah, yeah that'll be a good one. I, I like this Georgia Tech team. I think they're, you know, I, I the ACC is super interesting to me this year. Um, mm-hmm. We all have to talk about it at a different time, but like, I, I think there's a lot of really, really good, talented teams that could all yeah. win the conference. And I don't think I think the top four teams could all have a real shot at winning the conference. Um, but yeah, then we'll be back next week, and hopefully, we're not missing out on any blowouts before it happens. So make sure you're you're in your seats on Sunday, or you can come hang out with us in College Park. Um, I'm, I may need a ticket, so let me know if you can make that happen because I don't know if this game's going to hook I got to hook you up. Hey, let me know how many tickets you need. I'll see what I can do. I, you know, well, never hurts to ask. So we'll see. I, maybe I'll take my maybe I'll take my wife. She watches a lot of basketball though. And oh, she, I mean, she, fun. she watches a ton of basketball. She enjoys most of it. It's yeah, a lot of basketball though. That's <laughs> all good. She's gonna get. If you guys go, you guys have to get the crab nachos because. Those are good. So you got to get those if you can. Okay. I heard, I heard about, I went to college park for a football game. I heard someone mentioning them. I was like, mm, you got to get them. I don't know how you I feel about them. that, but all right. I mean, yeah. that's what you got to try at least one. Just try it. Just try right. it. I'm such a mom. I'm like, try it. You'll like it. Just Cra- take a crab, na- crab nachos will get uh, Emily really excited for the game. So maybe I'll talk to her. Um, but works. yeah, that's, that's all I got this that's week. It? I mean, you know, we could talk for, hours and hours on end about this season in basketball and we will uh herhoopstats.com get all the stats there on twitter at herhoopstats on instagram at herhoopstats and follow that because i make a ton of videos on there and our youtube page herhoopstats on youtube because i make a ton of videos for that too and hopefully you're watching this on youtube because that means i've made the video (laughs) and hopefully that means we've actually made the video for courtside this week um but yeah that's uh that's all the plugs i got and and we'll yeah. see we'll see what's uh what's happening. Um, yeah, we'll see what's popping. It ain't cutting the lights out on us again, Gabe. God, leave me gotta get up out of here. <laughs> we don't have to go home, but we gotta get out of here. That's how we always say it now at the end. But listen, oh my gosh, so many great games ahead, and I can't wait to continue to chop it up right here on courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We will see you all right here next time.